Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, thanks for listening and welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU, KSEY, and in sundry of other radio stations around the country and the Gulf News Network. I'm JT, your host. Uh, Before we get to our guest today, which is Bruce Furman, um, this segment is Grilling at the Green is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf. You can check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Well, as I said, my friend and coach Bruce Furman is joining us today. We've got a few subjects to talk about, but uh, first of all, Bruce, welcome. You look good. Thank you. I feel good. You look nice great. I have a little sun out here this, today and maybe uh, some better weather coming up. Spring was a little wet. Oh, boy. Tell me about it. I've got, I had a guy that worked for me years ago. And when we have a spring like this, he'd come in and he'd say, it's a jungle out there. So it's, no question about it. No question about it. So um, we've talked about this before, and we're going to talk about various subjects today, but we talked about club fitting and especially for brand new players, people that have, just kind of picked up the game or come back to the game. Maybe they don't even have clubs anymore. And we, you and I have talked about this many times on the show about club fitting and how important that is to people, but what should folks do? Here's the scenario. They, they want to get back into golf. They just go into a store and maybe buy a starter set of clubs, you know, uh, uh, a five, seven, nine, and a, and a pitching wedge and a sand wedge and a driver and a three or something like that. But how important is it for them to start uh, with properly fitting clubs or can they start and just learn how to hit a little bit and then get fitted? Well, you know, if they're like brand new and never played at all, it's probably a good thing for them to, you know, most teachers have clubs available to, to use, to, to, to learn with. So they might just uh, come and take a few lessons and use the club that the pro is teaching them with. And then as they get their swing a little bit, uh, you know, more to where they can at least get the ball forward and up, up in the air with some consistency, (laughs) then, uh, then, then they can go and look at getting um, some clubs fit and, uh, you know, a beginner, if you have ill-fitting clubs, you're going to try to make them work. And then a lot of times that'll make you make 
you know, poor swing uh, movements and, and your swing will, will develop wrong. Uh, if you use an old set that have super stiff shafts and, you know, a lot of people start with those kind of clubs and, and then they try to make it work. And, and, you know, a good fitter, what they do is when they fit you, they, they only let you hit a few shots because they don't want you to adapt to the clubs. They want the clubs to fit you, you know, and, but that's, that's what people will do. And then they'll develop bad habits sometimes to those clubs. So it is important to get the right shaft, not get it too stiff, not to get, uh, you know, get game improvement type clubs with the bigger heads and more forgiving and get the right shaft flex. And even grip size is important. If you got big hands, you should get a little bigger grips. If you got real small hands, then you should get smaller grips. So all that plays a part in it. I know that, um, I'm always snooping around online and seeing what clubs are for sale. It's just, I don't buy them. I just want to look at them. The one thing that you touched on there that I think is very important. You see a lot of clubs with stiff shafts or extra stiff shafts. I don't know if these folks think they can go out and be tour players or not, because I know a lot of the tour players play some stiffer shafts than the average, you know, Joe golfer. But I find that interesting that they bought, stiff shafts and then they some of them you can tell they haven't had them six months and they try and they're out there selling them the it's it's kind of tough on them i think yeah i mean the shaft is actually in the most important aspect of club fitting so getting the the shaft that performs the best and they have of course different types of shafts steel shafts fight shafts all different types of shafts and then the shafts have different stiffnesses they have uh uh, different what they call torques of the shaft how much the shaft twists and then they have where the 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 uh, the shaft is flexes higher or medium or lower and that helps you get the ball either hit it lower or higher so when you get fit if you're a high ball hitter then you get shafts that have a higher flex point and not as much torque but if you have slow swing speed and you have trouble getting the ball up and you need clubs that have a lower uh, uh, torque and, and lower uh, where the where the shaft flexes i'm trying to look for that word so so if you get those uh then it's easier to to get the ball up and you don't work as hard to try to get the ball up in the air and you can actually develop a better swing you can develop maybe even a faster swing so so it's it's very important well i would say uh absolutely um having been through all those processes processes if you will uh in my life i know that when i've uh at times um, i've said it before on the show too and i've told you that the first set of golf clubs i bought when i got my first credit card was a a set of um uh, golden bears this was when i lived in california and was in college and i never you know that was back in the late 70s and nobody ever thought about that or at least the guys that big five sporting goods or wherever I bought them didn't say a word about that. They were just happy to make the sale. Now I think it's uh, we've advanced a lot um, back in those days. I think the, you know, the really good golfers or the aspiring tour people probably got fitted on a regular basis, but I think we've come a long ways in that. Oh, no question. Um, you know, today with the launch monitors and, and uh, all the technology we've got and so forth, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I was the same way. I just bought a set of clubs off. I bought my first club 
a Jackie Pung 7-iron from Kmart for $5 out of a bin, you know, at Kmart when a neighbor of mine let me hit his clubs. And I played baseball at the time. I don't know. I guess fifth grade, something like that. And and what intrigued me about it was just in the backyards of our little neighborhood. So I could hit a golf ball so much farther than a baseball, you know, I, yeah. know, I just took a club, didn't know how to hold it. Just took a swing at it. And when I connected the ball went so far that it really intrigued me. So, so, uh, so it was funny. And, uh, uh, and I bought my first, first few clubs, just like I said, off $5 clubs, Jackie Pong out of Kmart. And then when I got to be a better player, I, I bought a nice set of first flights back then, uh, but they weren't fit. I just, I just liked the way they looked and how so forth. And I bought them <laughs> off the back, you know, at the pro shop and played with them for a long time. And everybody played power built woods back then. And I sure. played those. Uh, and even in college, you know, we didn't know anything about it. You know, I played stiff shafts and, you know, we still, I was still playing with wooden heads, of course, back then. And, uh, best looking club, you know, back yeah. then. You know, with the best grain and stuff like that. Now, nowadays, you know, the shafts and the club heads and the balls are, are just, it's, it's, it's dramatic difference. So. so my question is, I don't know who Jackie Pung is. Jackie Pung is an old LPGA player. You know, I was a kid, so I, men's clubs were too long. So I bought ladies clubs and Jackie Pung, if you Google her, she, she played the LPGA tour. She was a old time LPGA tour player. Oh, good. <clears throat> were that, were the heads on the woods significantly smaller? I remember that that the ladies' clubs, the 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 woods especially, the heads were smaller. Yeah, I mean, uh, their their woods looked like a five hybrid today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I looked down at it and was like, how would I? I'd miss the ball with it, you know. You almost that's how much smaller they were. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, so I remember that. And then once in a while, like when we switched over to metal woods and stuff, but some in the wood, in the actual wood, the persimmon or whatever, they'd paint them pink and they'd do all kinds of stuff with them or powder yeah. blue, whatever. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you get by and you you do what you do. Um, we're going to take a break here on grilling at the green we're going to be back with bruce Furman, uh the director of instruction at langdon farms who's a has a weekly appearance on this show but also he uh takes time which i appreciate to be with me a couple times a year on the show to do a full show so we'll do that but bruce and i will be back right after this hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Um, I want to tell you about uh, the refit tournament coming up June 20th at Columbia Edgewater. Uh, refit if you live in the portland area is an organization that helps people modify their homes to make it easier for them for to get around get into get into the bathroom the showers uh they do ramps they do all kinds of stuff anyway this tournament is going to be out at columbia edgewater on the 20th 1 30 shotgun start time you can go to refit.org um 
It's refitportland.org, excuse me. And you can sign up if you want to put a team together. I think they probably have got some uh, twosomes and stuff going out there, but uh, we'll be there. I think Bruce is going to be there with me. That's all good. Um, also like to thank the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives for unmatched quality and productivity in your kitchen online <clears throat> at gunterwilhelm.com and finally birdie ball the greatest new practice tool made in the last 20 years go to birdieball.com um so in talking to bruce <clears throat> we uh we had a couple of weeks ago the pga championship that was a very interesting golf tournament especially the way it ended i kind of like golf tournaments like that where they kind of come out of the blue and um you know Justin Thomas came up at the end there and did that. What was your take on it? Well, um, you know, the, the, the playoff with Will Satoris, and, um, you know, he, he hadn't been there before and Justin Thomas had. So uh, they both played well. And, and of course, the, that uh, Mito um, had problems on the last hole and uh, he hadn't been there. And uh, he played obviously great. He still had a chance to win on the last hole. He makes a, a par, or even I think a bogey, if I recall. And uh, he just hit his tee shot right. It was really a. You know, was, if you watch his tee shot on that hole, I mean, he finished so low. We, as a teacher, we always talk about the exit area when when we're watching from behind, and the club should exit kind of under right at the left shoulder under it. And I joked that his club exited under his waist there. He was yeah. steering, guiding it so bad. So that he hit it to the right and he had room to the left and you just didn't want to miss to the right. And it was a, a shame. I mean, uh, he was a, you know, he's a, a class young guy and he, he got up and talked after the tournament. And, uh, you know, so I think uh, a lot of good things will happen to him in the future and he'll learn from this. And certainly Justin Thomas is a, is a, you know, a favorite, you know, he's a super kid, son of a two golf professionals and, you know, he's a class kid and a great player. And so it was, a, you know, it was a great win for him and, and good for the United States. Well, and I think Justin Thomas brings something to the table as far as he's not a very big guy. Um, I think he barely weighs 150 pounds soaking wet. And yet he can, he can just plaster that ball out there. So um, to me, that's all about form and technique and balance and swing and all that versus really trying to, um, if you're a big guy like me trying to muscle the ball out there. Yeah. You know, it, it's golf's kind of an equalizer. You get guys like Justin and Rory McElroy and that Will Saltoris. He's real good, you know, and you develop a swing, you know, you can develop swings that are more powerful. And even as a small person, you can, uh, you can generate a lot of club head speed. Certainly, uh, you know, if you develop a powerful swing and you're a big guy, <laughs> that's a that's an advantage also but uh but the, the little guys still can uh, still can get it out there some of them can you know so uh so that makes it fun because there's a lot of people that aren't going to be six six you know in life and 250 pounds of muscle so right that five nine guy out there five ten guy out there that weighs you know 180 pounds so you know he's got a chance to still play good golf and and, and get the ball out there to 
to, to play, you know, quality golf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Justin Thomas to me is like this little guy that you got it. You know, I played those guys like in basketball and stuff in school because you couldn't, you looked around and they were already in front of you going to the basket. You know, they were just quick and they were little and they were, they were fast and they were accurate, deadly accurate. So, um, that's the way I, uh, that's the way I think of, um, Justin Thomas there. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on about LIV. And if you don't know what LIV really stands for, I know Bruce does, but it stands for, it's a Roman numerals for 54. Uh, I haven't really quite figured out why they use that other than that if they're going to have 54 players on their on their um groups but i don't i haven't figured that out yet so maybe i haven't read enough about it but we've had some big news about that uh dustin johnson resigned from the pga tour uh phil came out issued a statement that he's going to play in it and it looks like uh, ricky fowler and of course we've already had um Oh, Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell and those guys. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, it's uh, conflicting, you know. Uh, you know, what, what is, you know, what does the Saudi government get in return? You know, improved image is all I can tell. You I mean, they're putting out big money. They're talking about $2 billion over the next, whatever, 10 years, um, you know, and you know, they there's all 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 governments, including ours, have had some problems with human rights violations. But certainly, the Saudi government up at the top of the list. And, and my thought is, why not just you know make some changes in your own country and not yeah. worry about financing a, a, a tour? You know, just you know treat women a little better and and uh, and, and and improve your own uh, things. But uh, evidently. Uh, you know, they think this is the way to go. They're they're pledging like I guess a hundred million dollars to uh, to this. Uh, they call it the corporate social responsibility, and they're saying that uh, it's going to support a broad range of initiatives targeting education, environmental sustainability, golf development programs, and well-being of communities. So, you know, if that means that uh, there's going to be some good things, not only you know in in the in the world but in their own country then then you know that's great we're going to take a break bruce and i'll be back here on grilling it's green in just a minute please stay with us Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer and Golf News Network. And you can find us, the podcast versions on all the different platforms out there. Uh, too many to list at this point. 
Uh, thank the folks again at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. You can find out more about them and how to get Painted Hills at PaintedHillsBeef.com. Also, Ben Hogan Golf, Tour Quality Clubs at Factory Direct Prices. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Uh, if you want to email us, just info at GrillingAtTheGreen.net. So we talked a little bit about the LIV tournament. We've got one coming up July for first through the third over at pumpkin Ridge here in the Portland area. I think that'll be, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Let me back up a second. I think that will be, uh, uh, interesting to see how the, uh, gallery looks at it and what size the gallery is. I think a lot of them might come out to see if, you know, curiosity at first and, um, to see how the whole thing plays out, no pun intended in that, but you know, we'll just have to see, uh, they've made a lot of changes over at pumpkin where you used to work and, uh, they're playing both courses in this few holes here and a few holes there from the different both ghost and witch. But, um, you know, I guess if I was a guy like Graham McDowell, who wasn't really con contending anymore, but not nearly old enough to play on the champions tour, I would, I would look at that, you know? Yeah. You know, I, if you, you know, all the social and political issues aside, I mean, you know, the, the first, first prize, first place in each tournament, there's only 48 players at $4 million. And the last place is, is uh, 120,000. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guaranteed deal and then there if, if you're in the top three in the end of the season there's another big payout i forget how much they're eight million or something for that top money winner again and so i mean it's a it's going to be a bonanza for those guys and uh, uh you know so it's hard to hard to blame blame them for thinking about it anyway uh and you know i mean you know, again, how much money is enough and, and uh, how strong are your political views? All those things play a part in it, but I can see, I can see why some of them are looking at it. That's for sure. Well, I think what uh, Dustin Johnson said in his press conference was that he, he really, and I'm paraphrasing Bruce, he really didn't see himself playing golf forever. And so he was going to take advantage of this payday, so to speak. Um, I think that he maybe in a couple of years would, you know, hang up the club, so to speak. You, you, I don't know. I, I've never talked to him about it, but it seems to me that that's what some of them are looking at. This is their Saudi funded retirement program. Yeah. And yeah, there's no question about it. Um, and he's a strange guy in a lot of ways. Um, uh, you know, who knows, you know, maybe he doesn't want to play forever, you know, like some of these guys, champions tour, you know, the guys can play into their sixties even. So, but maybe that's not important to him. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, if this tour attracts more of the younger guys that are better players, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be really interesting, you know, uh, um, it's going to be convoluted, you know, and it's kind of like the fight game, you know, they have all these different groups, you know, mm -hmm. so the financial interest, uh, financial things going on with the different groups with the DP world tour and the PJ tour, the Asian tour. And, uh, boy, I don't know where it's going to go. So things looks like it, you know, if it, if they do, you know, 
get more better players, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to water down some of these tours, I think. And, and whether that's good or bad for golf, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, Dustin did resign his from the PGA Tour. Phil's press conference, <clears throat> I read the press release this morning. He did not resign from the tour because he wants to play in the majors here. Um, he's an interesting cat, too. We've talked about him before, but uh, I'm just about done with Alan Shipnuck's book about Phil. That's, that's very enlightening. Um, some of the behind the scenes thing it's not a hit job on him at all i think it's very well done but gosh <coughs> i guess he's doing that to pay his gambling debts i'm not sure <laughs> so well there's you know there's been talk about that for years you know and uh how much money he's uh gambled away and even uh, there's been even talk about that his wife has gambled a little bit too. And I mean, a little bit, a lot, you know, as far yeah. as, I don't know if it, how much is true, uh, you know, it's just rumors. Um, but, uh, you know, and he got involved with, uh, the guy from Las Vegas, you know, and he eventually got cleared from that, uh, uh situation, but, uh, he, 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 he loves to gamble <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's gotten a lot of people, uh, you know, John Daly's lost all sorts of money. And, uh, you know, you, you look at Charles Barkley, supposedly lost all this money over the years and so forth. These guys, Jordan, you know, so I don't know, you, you got that gambling gene in you. <laughs> yeah. Hard, hard to rein in there. Well, they don't build those big casinos and stuff off of losers. I mean, for the, the house being a loser, you know, right. the, they, they, uh, they don't do that. It doesn't work that way. So I find that very interesting that they, uh, uh, some of these guys, but there's some great stories in Shipnuck's book about that, about him, like flying a bunch of buddies up to Vegas for an afternoon and they get a big suite at Caesars or MGM or wherever it was. And they, set up like a half a dozen different big uh, flat screen TV. And then they send a runner back and forth from the sports book. I mean, that's kind of taking it to the max really. So, and then there are stories in there about how Phil kind of, you know, did, if you will, like a straw bets, have somebody else take his money and bet it for him um, because he didn't want to get in trouble about certain things. So, Anyway, that's a life that I shall not really know in my, you know, I'm a 25 cent slot machine guy. So there you go. Yeah. I, I bet $5 on my own game and usually lose, but uh, <laughs> five, five or $10 Nassau bets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we were talking about Tiger and Phil. Tiger announced today that I, I saw that this morning too, that he will not be playing uh, in the U.S. Open. He needs more time to heal, but he is planning on trying to make it to both Ireland and the, the, the British Open or the Open, whatever you like to call it, yeah, there in, what, three weeks or whatever it is. Um, I was actually kind of glad to hear that, that he was going to take that time and try to get his, some more therapy and stuff on his on his leg and his ankle. Yeah. You know, he, 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 uh, he didn't look very good, you know, in the last 
two or three two or three rounds there at the PGA, and you know who knows? You know, I mean, he's gone through so much. So, uh, and he's you know he's certainly capable of playing when he's healthy, as healthy as he can be with that body. But uh, yeah, but he he uh, that walking is tough on him. If he, and he's not going to ride like a John Daly, so uh, he's got to he's just got to get it his body better and if he does i think he's still viable still can still can win yeah i think so i mean he's still got his golf swing he's still yeah. got and he's got enough speed to where he can compete you know and he's you know a great thinker and great you know mover of the ball around the golf course he doesn't make mistakes and he's good short game so he's still got enough speed to win if he can just you know get around the golf course without you know being so tired and so uh you know limping and all that sort of thing which just starts to affect his swing sure um i did like his comment there at the pga where he said well i did win the u.s open on a broken leg so i think i can manage this yeah, yeah but, i was <laughs> i complained about my my problems and uh you know it's nothing like his you know yeah Absolutely. But uh, I think that's, he's, he's going to be good to go on that Bruce in, in another month. And so uh, he'll give it a shot. And if he doesn't really play anything competitive the rest of the year and kind of does the hit and giggle stuff at the end of the year, the father, son, and a couple of things like that, I think that, I think Tiger will be fine. I, I mean, financially he's fine anyway. So, um, you know, if you can, if you can keep the Learjet or whatever he's got, the King Air, I don't know what he's got anymore, but he's got uh, the big ones, one of the, one of the, the big ones in a big yacht. <laughs> he's yeah. supposedly close to worth about a billion dollars, supposedly. I, I think you'll be all right. But, think, uh, that, that spends pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it does. Anyway, Bruce and I are going to take a break, come back and wrap up the show here on Grilling at the Green that you can hear all over the world. And uh, we thank you for listening. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. <laughs> AM860, The Answer, Golf News Net, all the different platforms in the podcast version, and a couple of our affiliate stations out there in the, across the country. We're talking with Bruce Furman today from uh, Langdon Farms. Bruce, as you know, he's on the show frequently, uh, Director of Instruction at Langdon Farms. So you just go there, click on Instruction, drop down menu. There's Bruce, smiling picture of him as always, and tells you how to get a hold of him and how it helped helps you book a lesson there um your students you've had some really good yacinda's done well um you've got some other ones coming up through the ranks tell us about that real quick yeah uh just uh had a big tournament over there at uh at uh, the oga course and uh i had three uh players playing in it and it's a national it was a national qualifying uh, event um it's the that was the PGA Junior uh, Championship, and the uh, the Nationals are going to be played in August in uh, in Cog Hill in the in the Chicago area. And Jacinda qualified. She there was two spots available for the girls, and she finished second. She shot seventy three sixty nine, and uh, sixty nine was you know the lowest score by 
you know, by three shots. Uh, she lost uh, one girl shot 66, 72 that won. So, but you know, she's, she's shooting under par a lot of the tournaments and uh, playing really well. And, and then I had a 12 year old, uh, girl that finished second her she shot 85 the first round but came back with a 74 her name was hannah wendorf so she played really well particularly the second round and and then a young uh, kid named neely nyack who shot 76 72 and uh, he's come a long ways he's a real small kid he's starting to get a little bit size on him now he's like 16 years old and so he's able to get it out there a little bit better he was a real short hitter uh, but he's, he's he's doing well and uh so it's fun to work with these kids and see them play well and and, and uh, do some good in some of these tournaments and potentially see maybe college scholarships down the line. Certainly, Jacinda, you know, they're already uh, you know talking to different schools and so forth. So, I've I've watched her on the range at Langdon when you're there and getting warmed up for a lesson or whatever, and I just kind of sit back in awe because she's not a very big young lady and. Um, it stuff's like on a laser string going out there, just zoop, zoop, you know, like that. These young girls, you know, that she plays with, uh, they're, they're at the top of the, you know, the, the status in, in, in the Northwest. It's amazing how good a ball striker she are. She's, she's a great ball striker. And she is a little, she's only like five, two, doesn't, I don't know how much she doesn't weigh much, but, you know, we try to develop her swing for power and, 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 uh, you know, uh, accuracy. Uh, so I've, I've tried to develop a, a kind of a, what we call a wider, more up, upright swing. So, so it take advantage of, uh, of her size so she can hit it out there with the rest of them. And she hits it a long ways for her size. She keeps it out there. She hit it. I think she hit it past everybody this, this weekend. So, uh, but it's amazing. She hits it so, so consistently and, and, uh, her short games come along and yeah, it's, it's amazing how good these kids get nowadays you know the all the good teaching and the, they work hard at it and uh you know they're these kids get to be really good really young right well it <clears throat> what i'm impressed with is um you said it at the top of the show where you bought a five dollar club out of kmart and we're hitting it i was hitting old um saracens or hogan's or something out in the, out in the pasture dodging the horses when i was growing up but uh these these young folks now they are very serious about it i mean we didn't know anything about practicing or you know swing thoughts or anything we, we were just trying to hit it as far as we could and nine times out of ten that didn't work very well but uh well at least that was my experience i don't know about yours but um you know, it's amazing to watch these kids uh, just kind of be where we hoped we could be uh, during the course of our our experience in golf. And, and they're so advanced that uh, it's kind of a cool thing to watch. Yeah, no question. You know, I, you know, I grew up, you know, played in the 60s and 70s and played high school golf and college golf and I never had a teacher. Uh, I actually started t taking a few lessons after college when I became a club professional. And I was more interested in helping my own game, but I was really more interested in learning how to teach. So I'd go and take lessons from the best teachers reported in, you know, in the Houston area and, uh, and 
main objective was just to see how they taught you know right that's, that's really when i started taking lessons bruce thank you for being with us today thank you my friend i appreciate it my pleasure appreciate you having me on no worries we'll be back next week with another edition of grilling at the green uh thank you for listening go out there and play some golf have fun everybody grilling at the green is produced by jtsd productions llc in association with salem media group all rights reserved